We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? When it comes to the Packers and football and the NFL draft, it's Tyler Brook. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today. Smartest seems like a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but I'll take it. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Absolutely. So with Tyler, we're going to be talking about this Packers draft class today. As I was just talking with Tyler before we started recording, we are basically aiming to be the teacher that does not feel like teaching. So we are rolling the TV out to show a video of someone infinitely more smarter uh, uh, than us talking about it. So that Tyler is our rolling TV today. Oh, fantastic. Um, uh, <laughs> did, do you guys even have rolling TVs in like your schools? Are um, you too young for this? <clears throat> no, I, I know I did. Uh, some okay. of them even, they were still like the boxy ones though. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Boxy. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better about my age. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got the draft to talk about, but also a couple of housekeeping things that went down on this Tuesday. First off, um, the Packers signed Jordan Love to an extension. A lot of conversation going on around and immediately after the draft on what they would do with Jordan Love. Would they pick up that fifth year option? And they kind of do an abridged, unofficial version of that. Um, Jordan, if he plays up to it and gets all the money that he's able to on that contract would get $2 million more than he would on the fifth-year option. But for the Packers, there's $13 million guaranteed opposed to 19 or $20 million. So I know a lot of people are on Twitter are trying to dissect every single bit of what this could mean as a statement. To me, I just think it's what you do when you have a quarterback on the last year of his contract that you don't know what he's going to look like. Um and, you know, if Jordan goes out there and plays excellent this first year starting, um, it will be really interesting to see how they handle that because they might be going off of one year to have to pay him a lot of money. I don't think it would be 53, $54 million, whatever the benchmark is at for the highest paid quarterback at that point. But we'll have to see. A lot of ball game left at that point. All we know now, though, is Packers – get a deal done with Jordan Love, so it gives both of them a little bit more comfortability heading into the season. And then next up, they restructured the option of Darnell Savage. I know a lot of people, even today, uh, consider Gutekinds' move to uh, pick up that fifth-year option on Savage kind of an uh, interesting move. Um, but at the end of the day, if we don't have Savage, no matter how uh, subpar he was last year, disappointing, he is the best safety on this roster right now. Um, and that's what they I do got. love me some Rudy Ford. So yes, of course we do too. A uh, good yes. friend of the show, Rudy Ford as well. Um, and he's going to be an interesting player this year for sure. Um, so let's uh, any thoughts you guys wanted to add on those two moves today. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much to read into the love deal. Uh, really it just feels like the best compromise for both sides. You know, he's still getting pretty solid guaranteed money. You know, that 20 million cap hit in 2024 is rough given their cap situation. Right. Based on it, my understanding with this contract, 
I believe his guaranteed money or signing bonus can be split into this year and next year mm. for cap hits, which is likely why they restructured Savage is to clear that spot for 2023 and lessen the hit, tw- hit for 2024. Uh, so it feels like a win-win for both sides. Uh, Love gets that extra year of financial security. So um, yeah, I, it was very creative. I will say that yes. for a year where a record year where, you know, of all the 2020 rookies, I think it was like 11 got their fifth year options picked up. Mm. Uh, very interesting to see how the Packers went about it. Yeah, definitely. Russ Ball always working his magic. That man does not sleep one bit. <laughs> um, and now heading into this Packers 2023 draft class, let's start off with the very first pick in Lucas Van Ness. I was there on Thursday night and was had three possible emotional outcomes. Would have been very happy for JSN. Was a few uh, other guys that I liked. I really, you know, any offensive tackle or edge I would have been happy with. I really did not want to tight end at 13. Um, and then there were some not guys. Even that, not even Darnell? Not even Darnell Washington, Not even Darnell. Not even Darnell. Every every pick that he was just sitting there, I was just dying a little bit inside. Yeah, there is just that. It seems like every year, specifically, there's a Packers Twitter draft crush that keeps on falling, and you're wondering when they're going to take them. And honestly, they have, at least on day three, um, taken a few of those guys. Like, I think of Zach Tom, um, Rasheed Walker, too, and then this year, too, Anthony Johnson Jr., um, that have fallen to them, and they've actually taken, but uh, Darnell Washington did not end up being one of those guys uh but at 13 they take lucas van ness um i am just so excited to see yeah. this guy on the packers um i think you know even this year he's going to be you know the the main idea he's going to have to start very early on in his career unlike Rashawn gary who had the privilege to sit a year or two you know a year and a half behind Zedarius smith and preston smith uh van ness is going to have to start right away and, you know, even if he's not a complete player in his rookie year, I think he's going to be good this year. And I think he's going to be excellent in the years to come. So, uh, Tyler, I know you just put out a YouTube video on Van Ness uh, yesterday. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, dipping my toes into the YouTube channel. So we'll see how that goes. Like and subscribe. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to just get get with the youths. Um, he's super interesting prospect. Uh, you get the Rashawn Gary comps a lot, and you will hear. I heard a couple analysts say Preston Smith, so it's mm. weird that those two are comping to LVN. Uh, I think the big reason is is he has all that athletic profile and not necessarily the college production, but I mean, he still had like a 13 and a half, 14 and a half sacks um, in college. I might, I could be wrong on that number, um, but the athletic traits are out of this world. He already has a good bull rush at his disposal. Where you see the more Preston comps is the run defense, like his ability to engage with blockers, very disciplined with his gap assignments, doesn't fly too far upfield, anything like that. That's where he's going to have early down impact as a rookie, I think. You know, I, I think the bull rush will translate, but in order to become a more complete rusher and set up moves and generate pressures, he's got to work the hand usage. So you're going to see him early downs. I think long-term they're thinking this is the Preston replacement alongside Gary uh, and, you know, for as well as Preston has played in the role he's been asked to do, uh, you know, at some point he is going to start declining with age. That's where LVN is going to step in. Uh, I love the fit. I think it was great. Um, and going back on the film, I just got even more excited. Mm, that's cannot wait to see that man out there. And I think, you know, there's a few people, I wouldn't call them the most intelligent people, but a few people mad that they didn't 
that they took an outside linebacker. And some of that was because JSN, a few other great players were still on the board, but some of that was also because they don't consider outside linebacker a need. And to me, I think this is a, a prime example of you're either getting better or you're getting worse at this position here. You know, yeah. you just mentioned Preston Smith uh, still has, I believe, two years uh, left mm-hmm. on his deal after this year. And I'm, I'm so glad he got that money. Uh, but either this year or next year will probably be his last year with the team. Uh, you have Van Ness, who will have a year under his belt at that point. And then Rashawn Gary, obviously, um, still recovering from that ACL injury he suffered in, uh, what, November of last year. So highly doubt he's going to be available come week one. Um, so I really like the pick. I do think pass rush was need, um, and I'm glad they got him. Big B, uh, what are your thoughts on B.J. Raji's uh, number replacement here? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, I'm absolutely devastated. How dare <laughs> they do that to a legend of his caliber? Mm-hmm. Just disgraceful from the Packers organization. But but I will say, like Tyler mentioned, um, he was so good in college at his bull rush that he really didn't have to do very much other than use his bull rush. So I'd like to see him see what else is in his arsenal, see him develop and getting more creative moves. We kind of saw Devontae Wyatt kind of have the same problem last year with him trying to use his weight more early in the season. But as the season went on, you saw him develop some more moves and really start flashing later in the season. So I'm excited to see Van Esk um, get some more moves in his arsenal and see how dynamic he can actually be. And let's not forget Rashawn Gary, like did, you know, same thing. Didn't really have a whole lot of moves in his arsenal coming out of Michigan. Developed those. You saw a handful of flashes of him uh, this past year before he got hurt. So definitely possible. I have, you know, high hopes. Yeah, definitely a project player. And there's been a lot of talk now with, nine first round draft picks on the defense on how much pressure is on Joe Barry. And that is definitely true. But I also think this is a, a great opportunity for Jason Rebervich, the outside linebackers coach, um, to earn some credibility uh, on yeah. the coaching staff here. You know, we saw what Mike Smith was able to do with Rashawn Gary. And unfortunately he is uh, with Mike Pettin now in Minnesota. Um, but great chance from Rebervich to uh, have his project player, um, that he can turn into a beast. Yeah. Um, and then going on to day two, they get two tight ends. Two, I was just uh, excited that I heard of both of them when their name was called. That <laughs> is a good sign to me when I knew two out of three of the day, three picks. Um, so, Tyler, what can you tell us about Tucker Craft and uh, Lucas Musgrave here at a position that going into this draft was one of the biggest of need for Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, it's two guys I think we spotlighted on Draft Talk the least, um, but two guys we still liked. And what I think I enjoy so much about this double dip at tight end is just how complimentary of pieces they are together. Mm. Musgrave immediately stands out with his size and speed. He's 6'6", and he flies up the seam. Uh, Like Linebackers at the NFL level will have a hard time staying in phase with him. So he's going to be able to stretch the field vertically. He does have some route running ability. Uh, He looked awfully nice at the senior bowl. Meanwhile, Kraft isn't the most polished like route runner or deep downfield, but what he is is he is a bully after the catch, and he's very hard to bring down. And let me tell you, after watching like 20 tight end prospects in this class, I would get so frustrated watching guys not be able to you know break tackles after the catch. That is definitely Kraft's strength. So what you can envision here, especially with Love trying to look for safety blankets, you've got the guy that can do the middle of the field seam stuff in Musgrave, and then Kraft can clean stuff up down the middle underneath routes. Um, you know, short, quick game. 
very exciting complimentary pieces, uh, both with tremendously high upside. You know, these were two of the top five, top six prospects in this class. Um, in the right system, you know, Matt LaFleur utilizing them correctly. The sky's the limit for both of these guys, and I think it completely transforms both the run game and the passing game. I'm really excited to see, like you mentioned, what Matt Fleur is able to do with these two players. Um, and really also interested to see what the future of this offense looks like. You know, we are coming off four years, the first four years in the Matt LaFleur era where he is, and I, I don't even mean to say this in a, uh, a mean way to Aaron Rodgers, for lack of a better term, because he did win two MVPs in this uh, time, but he was definitely beholden to Aaron Rodgers and what he liked in this offense. Yes. Now we'll get to see Matt LaFleur has the keys here. Um, they have some really interesting young pieces um, that they're going to be able to build their offense around. And I think what we saw uh, with specifically, you know, those two tight end picks and also the other day three or day two pick rather with uh, it's, is it Jalen or Jaden Reed? Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed out of Michigan state is really, they're going to build this offense around Christian Watson. I think, I think Christian Watson yeah. is the guy here, you know, Jaden Reed, um, no disrespect to him. I think he has a lot of upside, but he is not the do it, not the main guy in an offense. He can do a lot of other stuff, but he's not a Devontae Adams. And, you know, obviously that's fine. Nobody, not a lot of people are Devontae Adams. No, nobody is. Nobody's yeah. Devontae Adams. Top two, exactly. two. Exactly, for sure. So really love those two tight end picks. And then Jaden Reed, too. Um, how do you think he's going to be used in this offense, Tyler? Guys. I'm a huge fan of Jaden Reed. I <laughs> multiple times on our podcast, I had said like, I don't think he fits the Packers thresholds for wide receiver, but I would bang the table for that guy. Just off like competitive toughness, you know, feel for the position and then his putt return ability. And that is something you'll definitely see. I'm almost certain he'll be the starting putt returner uh, for the special teams unit just with his wiggle. You're going to get like a, a fairly good sized slot receiver with wiggle ability, elusiveness after the catch. Uh, will block his tail off. Uh, he will start, you know, jawing at some defensive backs once he knows he's got him beat. Uh, a little contested catch ability. Not sure that translates with limited size at the NFL level. Um, but you're getting an all-around great player who's going to work his tail off. Uh, and you know, Matt Lafleur talked about wanting more dogs, right? Yes. On this roster, uh, Reed is an absolute dog. Uh, at, I could not tell you how thrilled I was at the pick. I was a little surprised, even though I had a day two grade on him, that he was what pick 50. Mm -hmm. um, but again, with, with the skill set he brings both on offense and special teams, uh, it's a huge win. I, I know some Packers fans were disappointed or wanted different guys. Uh, I think he's a perfect complimentary piece. It's like, if you couldn't get Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, of all the slot guys that feel like more Packers types, uh, Reed made the most sense. Love it. Love it. And those, those dogs that Matt LaFleur talked about. Yep. Reed, absolutely one of those. And I was completely sold uh, Andy Herman was posting some clips of Reed's tape last night on the Twitter feed and just uh, a guy that gives it all on every snap. Truly, I'm not sure. Um, I'm just not informed enough on his run blocking ability, but I do know or I've seen at least that he is not going to shy away from any contact yeah. despite his size. Um, so really excited for that and all the other dogs, if you will, that the Packers <laughs> added. Yes. Uh, uh, just completely that uh, news interview with, I don't know if it's high school player or college player who's just talking about all, all of his teammates, all dogs. Uh, yeah. 
on this mm-hmm. Packers team. And, you know, I really, you know, Matt LaFleur's term of a dog, I'm sure he didn't say that, um, that term to Brian Gutekinds. Um, but I am, would be interested to know how much that was a part of their process. Um, and I think, you know, the greatest thing that we can um, see is maybe the inspiration uh, for the Packers wanting this type of the guy is the Jets coming in there. And Robert Saul, Matt LaFleur's great buddy, if you didn't hear him say it uh, on the Fox broadcast 80 times that he was uh, the best man in his wedding, um, they're good buddies. Uh, and Robert Sala said something like, we knew if we could punch them in the mouth, they would not be able to come back. Um, yeah. And that was kind of the the cause of a lot of Matt LaFleur losses early in his tender. I think a lot about the game against the San Diego Chargers when they were playing in that soccer stadium that held like 10,000 people and only five. I was at that game. I was in Los Angeles for that. Yeah. Just, just an absolute disaster of a game and everything fell apart and they just did not have the ability to get back in it at all. Mm -hmm. And then also all the playoff losses over that time as well. So yeah, would be interested to know how much they made that a part of the process to look for those um, high energy attitude guys, especially seeing um, what their uh, friends to the to the north in Detroit have been building mm-hmm. yeah. over these past two years. Um, but they definitely added some of those players with that personality type in this draft. Um, and all and all I knew about Jaden Reed before we picked him was that he absolutely cooked Wisconsin last year, put up 117 in the touchdowns. So <laughs> it's the only reason why I knew his name, and I'm glad he's on my side now, so I don't have to watch him torture. Him. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, exactly. I heard Reed described as a guy of just somebody who is really annoying if he's not on your team, and you're really glad if he is on your team. So yes, that that sounds promising to me. And then to get Jaden Reed, they did make two moves back in the second round. And I think I didn't realize this until I saw a tweet about it uh, immediately following uh, day three of the draft, um, how much those trade backs might have helped them out. They just, I think in total, they moved back five or six picks um, because one team they moved one spot back with, and then they moved two backs with uh, Tampa Bay. and out of that, they get uh, Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia and then also Colby Brooks out of Bowling Green. Two of those players, uh, two players who really seem like have a lot of upside, seem to be high-value um, high picks in this draft. Um, and I first want to ask you about Dontavian Wicks, Tyler, because this was, uh, you know, Reed is a shorter slot player. It seems like Wicks is a little bit more of that typical wide receiver we're used to the Packers taking. He feels like a man coverage beater on the outside. Like, uh, you know, big body isn't afraid to press man, you know, good hand usage. He, I, I describe him as a guy just knows how to play the position because, you know, he can manipulate before breaking in and out of his route with his shoulders, his eyes, even his, you know, switching speeds. So he's going to do a lot to create separation. And when he can't, he does have that contested catch ability to go up and get it. Uh, the biggest problem with him, probably, you know, I, I think if he didn't have as much of a drop problem, uh, he would have gone much earlier. Um, I think that stuff, there's not much correlation between drops in college to the NFL. 
as we know, you know, drops aren't even in the NFL aren't necessarily, you know, an issue throughout your career. Just look at Devonte Adams early on in his career. Yep. So uh, another player, I think it's an absolute dog. Um, <laughs> they really, all three wide receivers they drafted, especially the seventh round pick kid, um, mm-hmm. Grant DeBose. These kids are feisty. Um, yes. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, I'm not sure how much Wicks plays as a rookie just because, you know, there's, there's so many mouths to feed. But I'm very curious to watch him in the preseason, see how that translates. If you go back and watch his 2021 film, he was just exceptional. Uh, very, I think sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, I think, you know, Dobbs took a step back by the end of last year with after that, all that rookie hype. There's a chance Wicks could really compete for that job. Mm. Yeah, this training camp, I am so excited to be watching Twitter all day because there's just so many camp battles, if you will. And I don't think it's even going to be a situation of one guy wins and one guy loses. Um, There's just specifically with this wide receiver room too, really interested to see how they are using a lot of these players. And uh, I think it was Dara, our friend, uh, uh, who put out there that the average age of the Packers pass catching group now is 23.4 years old. A lot of really young guys in there. This wide receiver room, uh, I believe Randall Cobb is still technically under contract with Green Bay. But, um, you know, you have Watson, you have Dobbs, you have Torrey, you have the three from this year's draft. A lot of young players that Jordan Love is going to have to work with here. Um, So really excited to see how that plays out in both training camp and then the preseason as well. Um, And Big B, I haven't gone to you in a while. What do you think of uh, all three of these wide receivers? Um, I, you know, Grant Bose, I love too. Um, So what do you think of all three of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I like them. I like um, you guys said, I don't know how much much, um, playing time they will get with how many um, other wide receivers that will probably get more snaps. But I'm really curious about Dontavian. Mm -hmm. Um, like, like Tyler said, had a lot of drops last year, but I'm, I'm very curious to see how he does in training camp and in the preseason. Interesting. Gotcha. Um, so that's why the wide receivers group tight ends really glad that they patch both those needs up. Um, because with wide receiver, I feel like now they can just sit and wait after, I mean, basically been searching for a complete wide receiver group ever since already left in 2017 i would say um but yeah patch those up wait and see what you have with those uh those players now um and then let's i want to ask about um anthony johnson jr because safety going into this draft was i would say the packers biggest immediate need um and unfortunately this draft was not so great for that um you know the one thing is they one of the picks that I just mentioned a little bit ago, one of the trades uh, in the second round that they made, the Lions traded up with them to select Brian Branch. So if Brian Branch ends up becoming a great player, that is going to be very unfortunate to look back on. But the Packers kind of let the board fall out, um, saw how it fall uh, fell to them. And then in the seventh round, they got what seems to be a potentially year one starter in Anthony Johnson Jr., from my impression, uh, at least at Iowa State Cyclone, uh, and, uh, Tyler, do you think uh, Anthony is going to be starting day one? And what do you think uh, his potential is? I'm honestly not totally sure if he'll end up starting again. You know, 
he is a seventh round pick, right? So, yeah. you know, uphill battle as it is. Um, he reminded me a lot of another prospect in this class who was Jay Ward out of LSU, who, you know, played corner, played slot, played safety. Um, with Johnson, he has that same thing, physical, competitively tough play style, has the corner movement skills, likes to attack downhill. Problem is, I'm not totally sold on his play strength to actually consistently finish tackles. Um, he is still learning the safety position. So I think it's going to be a learning curve for him. Uh, and while he develops his body physically to be a more consistent tackler. So I'm not saying he won't eventually be a starter. I just think at least early on, it'll be a little tough. Uh, but it also depends on where they end up playing Savage. Does Savage stay in the slot? Does he go back to playing a more traditional safety role? Um, I imagine Ford's also going to start uh trying to think of who else is on the roster i know nothing about tarverius yeah. more. that guy that signed. i have no idea <laughs> there's uh levitt there's uh yeah. i would say carpenter but he's moved linebacker now yep um shout out to big b on that scoop <laughs> yeah Just absolutely he's always he's always got his finger on the pulse exactly <laughs> exactly yes yeah the the safety room is interesting and i will be interested you know they ryan goodikin said after the draft that They've been in communication with Adrian Amos. We'll see if they sign him. Um, and maybe they even get to training camp before they sign anybody. Uh, maybe they get out of there on the practice field in August and they're like, all right, Johnson Jr. is not the guy we expected him to be. We don't necessarily feel comfortable with uh, just Savage and uh, Ford right now. Let's see if we can find any other veteran safety. But fingers crossed on uh, Johnson Jr. because otherwise just might be uh, – a year of interesting safety play besides besides Rudy Ford. He's going to kill it this year, of course. <laughs> um, Obviously. Now uh, let's let's talk about uh two of your favorite picks, Tyler. All right. The quarterback and the ki- kicker. Uh <laughs> Sean Clifford, <laughs> 24 years old. Um yeah, it's, that's a little bit crazy. That's a little bit wild. All right. I mean I'm sure he was like one of 10% of players to be born in the 90s drafted this year um to be honest hey now, don't disrespect us 90s I, kids hey okay. i i won't i'm just stating facts uh but you know i fully expected them to take a quarterback and a kicker in this year's draft but the funny thing is like neither of them produced in college like clifford was not great carlson had two season ending injuries and you know like i I hesitate to say they drafted him just because Bisaccia worked with his older brother. I don't want to call him that much of a Nepo baby, but like, I'm, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and like, do you guys have any exciting insight to go on those two players? Not on the kicker. No, um, <laughs> that's not my specialty. I think with Clifford, you know, they obviously brought him in for a top 30 visit. And of yeah. course, if I say anything negative about, he was the only prospect I think the whole draft cycle I was consistently negative about. Mm. So naturally the Packers were going to draft him. Yeah. We can argue all we want about the fifth round being a reach. There was a quarterback run. They kind of needed to take one at some point. So I think that's why they pulled the trigger on it. We can make the argument technically, you know, you might have to pay him a lot more as an undrafted free agent just to get him into camp. Uh, Not even a guarantee you can land him. So I think it was the security of making sure they got a guy. And if I have to say nice things about Clifford, he's very athletic for a quarterback and, you know, Penn state did let him kind of run the offense pre-snap. You see so many schools, especially like Ohio state and stuff, the check with me is 
where you see the whole all 11 guys kind of like look toward the sideline to get the updated like you know audible are we running with it um so he has the experience like playing time and just comfortability of running an offense where i think he'll be an excellent clipboard holder he will learn the (laughs) exactly yeah all he like the you know, if the the dream for Lucas Van Ness to become is T.J. Watt, the dream for Sean Clifford is literally Matt Flynn. Like, to come in, and he doesn't mm-hmm. even have to throw for insane numbers in every game that he comes in. But he just needs to come in and not lose the game. That's all he needs to do at the end of the yep. day. Um, and they, you know, the fact that they had him in for a top 30 visit does show, I guess, that they weren't, um, you know, they obviously were affected by the quarterback run, but it wasn't like they were in Madden and they just went by position and drafted. They, yeah. they liked Clifford. They like his football IQ. Um, they like his personality. So, you know, pick is a little bit of a head scratcher, but you know, I guess it makes sense. I guess mm-hmm. uh, we won't attack him <laughs> too much on that one. Um, all right. Now two more questions here, and this is going to be a round table for all of us. First off, uh, favorite pick. Uh, we didn't cover all 13 of these players, uh, but Tyler, are you doing uh, a review of every single one of these draft picks on your YouTube channel? Yeah, uh, I'm going to do a little bonus episode this week just because of Brenton Cox, the undrafted free mm, agent. Okay. Fascinating player, uh, was dismissed off Georgia and Florida, um, but I, I'm just fascinated by his play. He popped a couple times when I was watching some other Florida guys. So I figured, um, why not take a look at him? But yeah, I'll be trying to get through all 13 picks. We are not going to do Carlson. There's just no way. <laughs> I, will not, I refuse to do a 20-minute video on a kicker. Um, so sorry, Carlson, but I don't know enough about kicking to provide yeah, any insight. Yeah, that is that is fair. So yeah, we don't have time for all 13 picks today, but make sure I'll link uh, Tyler's YouTube channel in the description here. I appreciate uh, so, that. Yes, no problem. So you can watch all of his reviews here. Um, so, okay. Favorite pick of this year's draft. I'm going to start out and I'll, I'll take the easy one away. I'll take Lucas Van Ness. Why not? Uh, and I've already talked many times how much I love him. Uh, big B, I won't let Tyler steal any more of yours. Uh, what's your pick here? Okay. This is, this is actually really difficult since I like them all equally at this point in time. So I'm going to go. Ooh, um, that's a terrible screw. <laughs> pick, B, pick a stance, Big B. <laughs> no, come on. Okay, fine. I'll go Luke Musgrave, tight end from um, okay. Oregon State. I, I, I like his speed. I like his um, physicalness. I, like Larry McCarron said in the um, instant react video, I think, on Pac- Packers YouTube channel, is that he's going to be a problem for linebackers, and he's going to be too physical for corners. And that just made me so happy to hear we might actually have a good tight end on the Green Bay pack for the first time since Jermichael Finley. So that's all I needed to hear. All right. Uh, Tyler, who's your favorite pick out of this class? The one that I had the – I can't pick Anthony Richardson on the Colts, correct? Because that was my uh, – Yeah, most, unfortunately okay. not. That was my most intense reaction to any draft <laughs> pick. Um, but it, I, I'll, I know we're just going in order here, but it is Jaden Reed um, as far as the biggest reaction I got out of a draft pick. Because I, I think it was just I was so surprised. Mm-hmm. He was going to go that early, but I, you know, I thought I was higher than on, on him than a lot of people, but to see him in the second round, I just felt validated about how I felt about him as a prospect. Um, so super excited to see the role that he can bring Green Bay. Awesome. All right. Now we're going to kind of flip the question that we asked Jacob Westendorf before the draft on what this draft will mean for the Packers. And instead we're going to take 
the opposite look on it of what does this pack uh, draft tell us about where the Packers were heading. And I kind of did a short Instagram video on this, uh, but to me, uh, they want to make it as easy as possible on Jordan Love and just the fact uh, of what we mentioned earlier that um, this is now Matt LaFleur's offense um, full on. Um, Tyler, what do you think this draft tells us about the Packers? You know, we can talk about the pass catchers. You already mentioned that. So I'll go a different direction. I just, I think we might, and I don't, I'm just saying might because I'm not sure, but we might be seeing a slight philosophical change from the defense. Mm, yes. They drafted three guys in Van Ness, Wooden, and Carl Brooks with D line and edge versatility. And the fact that they triple dips there tells me something's up. I don't know what it is. But, you know, they had a clear big need at D-line, and they tr- they took these guys that are more of just, like, big edges. Very curious to see how they end up, you know, operating, what kind of rotations we get, what guys are kicking inside on what downs. So, mm-hmm. very interested to keep an eye on that. Yeah, both Brooks and Wooden seem to be um, pretty similar players. Um, kind of a little bit too small to for – or a little smaller than your typical defensive tackle, at least – especially when you compare them to the Packers' last two defensive tackles they took, uh, I, I guess unless you count Jonathan Ford in there. But Devontae Wyatt and uh, TJ Slayton, two massive players um, compared to Brooks and Wooden. Um, Big B, what do you take away from this Packers draft here? Is um, We're getting some dogs on defense. Yeah. It seems, seems yeah. like everybody who we drafted are some dogs. Um, Colby w- Wooden seems like a dog. I love um, Carrington Valentine. He seems mm, like an absolute yes. dog in press coverage, even though he'll be playing 10 yards off. So it really doesn't matter anymore. But he looked like a dog in man coverage. And I'm excited to see some, you know, like P.J. Tucker for Bucks basketball type five from our defense this year. Okay. I like it. Well, the fact that yeah. uh, we've been talking for 40 minutes and we didn't even – get to Valentine, Nichols, a few other players uh, tells you a lot there. So big draft for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for you and your cat joining us today. Yeah, of course. He's just been chilling in the background this whole time. Uh, <laughs> just, his name is his name is Luke. So the fact that the Packers took oh, two Lukes back to back felt like a sign. Perfect. Is he named after Luke Skywalker? Yes, yes, he is. Okay. I, I took the hunch <laughs> off of the, the Vader uh, painting on your wall there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks again, Tyler. We'll talk to you later. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys.